Good morning, everyone. If you have your Bible with you, will you take it out, please, and go over into your New Testament to the book of Ephesians. Will you please go in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to read some verses from Ephesians 6 in a few minutes from now. Many of you know that at least once a month here at Monte Vista, we try to offer a, a lesson that is specifically targeted at encouraging and equipping our young people in their walk with Jesus. And this morning, as we attempt to offer a lesson for that particular purpose, I want to begin by asking a question that is not so much targeted at our young people this morning as it is their parents. For all of the parents this morning, the wonderful parents who are blessed right now to be raising children, I want to ask you, what do your kids need? What do our kids need? Particularly, what do our kids need to be taught? What do our kids need to be taught from the Bible? I mean, what kind of spiritual conversations do we need to be having with them each and every day as we try to equip them and help them navigate their way through what is a very dark and dangerous world? Well, someone says, well, Sean, I believe that we, we need to be talking with our kids daily about these immoral standards that so many people are upholding today. We need to be making sure that they have their heads on straight about the sin of homosexuality and, and cohabitation and transgenderism. Someone else says, well, I believe we need to be talking with them about their, about their friends. We need to be urging them to pick good and, and godly friends and to avoid associating with people who will, who will lead them away from Jesus. And still other people may be thinking right now, well, I believe we need to be talking with our kids about the things they may be a little confused about right now. We need to be talking with them about the sin of pornography and dancing and drinking and how if they happen to go to places like the beach, they need to be mindful of their attire. They need to be mindful always of how they dress. As parents, I think we can all agree that these are some topics that we need to be talking with our kids about if we're going to raise them to have hearts for serving Jesus. But in addition to those kind of things, in addition to those kind of topics, I want to ask you about another topic. I want to ask you about the topic of respect. I want to ask you about respect. I mean, brothers and sisters, do you think that most young people in our society really understand what the Bible says about respect? I mean, do you really think they, they have the topic of respect mastered? As you look around in our, in our culture, in our society, do you, do you think most young people are displaying respectful behavior? I certainly don't. I certainly don't see a lot of respect as I observe young people in our current society and culture today. For example, I don't see a lot of respect 
when I turn on the news and I see a bunch of young people in New York City disrespecting police officers by dousing them with water and other unknown liquids in broad daylight. I don't see a lot of respect when I teach a teen Bible class. And one of the young people in the class tells me that they're not going to open up their Bible. They're not going to pay attention. They're not going to listen to anything I have to say. And they really would appreciate if I just if I just left them alone. Now, for all the parents in the room this morning, please understand that hasn't happened to me here. OK. <laughs> but it has happened to me before. It's happened to me in other places. And I don't see a lot of respect from young people when they do that. I also don't see a lot of respect when I'm in Walmart, which is not often. And I'm standing in line waiting to check out and there's a little kid in front of me yelling and shouting and throwing a temper tantrum and even going as far as laying down right there in the middle of the checkout lane because he's upset that his mommy won't buy him a toy that he wants really bad. I don't see a lot of respect in that situation. And I also don't see a lot of respect when I'm coaching one of my son's basketball games and there's a kid on the other team who every time a call goes against him he just acts like the world is coming to an end he shouts at the ref he slams the ball on the court he even yells and screams at his coach and his parents when they try to calm him down and get on to him I don't see a lot of respect from young people when I see them do those kinds of things. And for those who may be wondering this morning what a topic like this has to do with the Bible, let me submit to you that a topic like this, my friends, it has everything to do with the Bible. It has everything to do with the sacred text. It has everything to do with the Holy Scriptures. Believe it or not, but in the Holy Scriptures, in the book of God, in the Bible, God actually has a lot to say about the topic of respect. He actually has a lot to say about this in the Old Testament and, and the New Testament. And we're going to study pretty much what the Lord says about this in the New Testament this morning. And so I hope you got your Bible open to Ephesians 6. Young people, get your Bible open with me this morning. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. Let's start with verse number 1. Ephesians 6 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul here is speaking to children. He's speaking to young people who are still living under the authority of their parents. They're still in the home of their parents. And he says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Let's just stop right there. When Paul says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right, it's almost like he's saying it just makes sense. Come on. It's common sense. It should be common sense. It's just, it's just the right thing to do. Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Notice what Paul says there in those verses. Notice how in those verses the Apostle Paul tells us that when it comes to respect, he tells us when it comes to respect, it is to start in a very specific place. It is to first be taught and learned in a very specific place. It is to first be taught and learned in the home. Paul says that, that respect is to first be taught 
and learned in the home. We know that he's talking about respect in that particular text because he uses a very specific word. In verse number two, as he quotes from the Old Testament, notice how he uses that word honor. Do you see that word honor there? That word honor that Paul uses there has a very similar meaning to the word respect. In fact, some of the newer translations of the Bible actually use the word respect in place of the word honor. The Bible word honor or respect means to admire. It means to value and to have a proper attitude towards and to treat right. In the context of these particular verses, the Apostle Paul is telling young people that you need to treat your parents right. You need to honor your parents. You need to respect your parents. You need to listen to your parents, obey them, value their instruction and, and humbly submit to it. If they tell you to do something, you don't like it, and you don't want to do it. You don't need to talk back. You don't need to get a smart mouth. You don't need to argue or, or debate them. Instead, you need to just do it. You need to respect them by obeying their instructions. And you need to do that for at least two reasons. First, you need to do that because behind every instruction that your parents give you, especially if they're Christians, if they're disciples of Jesus Christ, behind every one of their instructions is love. And that right, parents? It's all about love. Young people, contrary to how you may feel on most days, I promise you that your parents don't get up in the morning and huddle up in their bedroom and make a list of things they're going to do that day just to make your life miserable. That's not how it works. <laughs> they don't huddle up in the morning and say, OK, we're going to do this and this and this because we want to make them unhappy. We really want to make their life just horrible. No parent does that. You need to understand that behind every admonition they give you, behind every instruction they give you regarding your friends and your chores and curfews and behind monitoring what you're looking at on your social media page and your text messages and even behind the punishments they enforce behind all that stuff is love. It's all about love. You see, young people, you have to understand something important about this relationship between parents and children. When it comes to parents and children, parents, at least Christian parents, understand that our kids are gifts to us from God, right? They are blessings to us from the Lord, and with that blessing comes a great responsibility. With, with that blessing comes a huge Stewardship with that blessing comes an understanding we must have that God has given us really a limited amount of time to influence you and help you live the best possible life. Our time is winding down each and every day. If we don't make the most of it. We're, we're going to fail you. Behind every instruction your parents give you, it's, it's love. And so you need to honor them. You need to obey them, respect them because you understand that, but the second and most important reason why you need to do this and honor and respect your parents is just because God said so. God 
says so, and that really should be good enough. God said so here in the book of Ephesians. He told the Israelites that in the Old Testament. God is the creator. God is the sustainer. God is the one who hold the, holds the world in the palm of his hands. He has inherent authority over you. He has the right to tell you what to do. And when you don't do this, you're rebelling against him. You're not honoring him. God is the one who has first told you. And remember, God loves you more than anybody. And God is the one who has first told you that you need to honor and value and listen to your parents. God says that if you do that, it is very likely you're going to live a fruitful and peaceful life on the earth. That's what Paul says in verse number three, right? And so when it comes to honor and respect, it starts in the home. It starts with the relationship that children have with their parents. But not only does the Bible say we need to respect and honor our parents, a second thing the Bible also says about this is we need to also honor and respect our government. We need to honor and respect our government. And I think this is something that really, that is really critical for us to talk about, especially when you consider, you know, what we're, where we're at in our, in our country right now, right? And so let's go to our Bibles and let's go to Romans chapter 13. Hope you got your steel toe shoes on this morning. Because we're about to really dig into some things here. Look at Romans chapter 13, verse, verse number 1. The Bible has a lot to say about, about government and how a Christian should view their government. And keep in mind that the New Testament writers were writing their admonitions about government during a time where you had a wicked Roman Empire. You had an idolatrous Roman Empire, and yet you had people like Paul writing things like Romans 13 and verse 1, where he says every person, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. Notice that language. Verse 3, for rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good and you have praise, praise from the same. For it, the government, is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Now I want you to go to the book of Titus. I want, you to I want to show you several verses here. Look at Titus chapter 3. The book of Titus chapter 3. Look at verse 1. Titus 3 verse 1 says, Remind them, Paul is telling Titus to remind the people of God to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to malign no one. To be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. There is that admonition again. Be subject to rulers and authorities. Be obedient. Now go to the book of 1 Peter, please. I want to ask you to go more towards the back of your Bible. 1 Peter, look at chapter 2, verse 13. 1 Peter 2, 13. Here Peter is writing to Christians living during a time of a corrupt Roman Empire. And he says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king, as the one in authority or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do 
who do right. For such is the will of God that by doing right, you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. Act as free men and do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond servants of God. Notice what the Bible tells us in all these verses about government. Do you see it? Government. But it's how when it comes to the institution of government, the Bible says that government is not something that was created by men. It is not something that was ordained by men. Instead, the Bible says that government was actually ordained by the Lord. It was actually set apart by God and God expects us as Christians to be respectful towards it. God expects us to honor it. God even expects us to submit to the laws that it enforces as long as those laws don't cause us to compromise our faith in Christ. We understand that, right? God says you need to honor and respect the government. And let me just spend a few moments telling you exactly what that looks like. Let me give you some examples as to what it looks like for a Christian to honor and respect the government. First, for the Christian especially, honoring and respecting the government involves paying taxes. April 15th is going to be here before we know it. And as painful as it is, and it's painful, we need to do it. We need to pay our taxes. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 22 and verse 21. He says, you render to Caesar what? The things of Caesar. You pay your taxes. Honoring and respecting the government also involves being very respectful and very polite to those who are in law enforcement. It also involves doing our best to, to drive within the speed limit. When, when you turn 16 and you get like Zach and you get this cool Mustang that everybody wants, you can't get on the 202 and go 90 miles an hour and expect to please God. It's not going to work that way, right, Zach? And Zach doesn't do that, by the way. But you can't do that. Honoring and respecting the government involves driving within the speed limit, and it also involves submitting to and showing honor to those who have authority in your school. It involves not talking back to your teachers and your principals and not misbehaving in class and not mocking and ridiculing and giving those who are trying to serve you by giving you an education a hard time. You, you, you can't do that and be pleasing to God. Honoring and respecting the government also involves praying for the government. Doesn't Paul talk about that in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3? Paul says, first of all, then I urge, I urge, Paul says, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all people, for kings and all, Paul says, all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable, good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Now, I want you to notice the middle part of this section. I want you to understand that while we don't have a king, we don't have a king here in America. While we don't have a king, we do have this right here, don't we? We do have people in positions of authority. We do have a government here in America. We have people who are in positions of authority as far as government goes. And Paul says we need to be praying for those people. We need to be praying for those people all the time. We need to be praying for those people every single day. And I certainly understand. I understand that 
it's not easy to do this, especially when our preferred political party is not in power. I get that. But Paul says here that we need to pray for people in authority. That means we need to pray for our current president. And we need to pray for the next president who's going to be inaugurated in a couple of days. We need to pray for the current vice president, the next vice president, senators, congressmen and women, judges, mayors, governors. All of these people are in the institution of government. And I understand, I understand it's not easy to pray for those folks when they don't hold our political positions. When it's, they're from a different political party, when they don't uphold the things that we personally prefer, prefer. In fact, I can't begin to tell you how many times I have encountered Christians who are quick to go to these verses and they're quick to say, hey, we need to pray for the government when their preferred political party is in power. But when a next party comes in, when a change takes place, guess what? They're not so quick to go to these verses no more. They're not so quick to go to these verses and say we need to pray over the government. And if you don't believe me when I say that, then you haven't been on Facebook much the last few days. Sometimes Christians are not so enthusiastic about these verses. Maybe that describes you. And if it does, I want you to understand something. I want you to understand that the commandment, the commandment that the Apostle Paul gives in these verses is not just limited to the time when our preferred political party is in office. It is not limited to the people we personally voted for or those who make policies that we prefer. Instead, the words that the Apostle Paul gives here are to be applied for all time. Every single day, every single day in our daily prayers, we need to be showing respect for our government by praying for those in positions of government. At the very least, we need to be praying that our government will never pass any laws that will prevent us from doing what we're doing right now. And that is being able to freely worship God and study his word and spread the gospel. At the very least, we need to be praying that we keep doing what we're doing as the children of God freely. That's what the Bible says, right? The Bible says we need to show honor and respect for our parents. And for the government, but I think it's also interesting how when you study the Bible very carefully, you also see that when it comes to respect and honor, God also says we need to show respect and honor for all people. For all people, the Bible actually uses that language. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 2 this time. Will you please look at verse 17? We stopped at verse 17, so look at that, please. In verse 17 of 1 Peter 2, Peter says this. He says, honor... There's our word, respect, honor what? All people. Love the brotherhood. Now, the brotherhood there is a reference to the universal body of Christ, the universal church of Christ. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. There that reference is again. But notice how the Bible says we need to honor all people. We need to honor all people. When the Bible says all people there, do you know what that means? That means... All people. That means every person, that means everybody even beyond the people we've talked about so far this morning. That means the shepherds of this local church. That means our elders, our bishops, our pastors. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 13, Paul says that when it comes to those who have authority 
or rule in the local church, he says that we need to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Paul there is talking about honoring the shepherds in the local church. All people includes the shepherds. And young people, it also includes your siblings, your peers. It, it also includes older Christians. Paul makes that point in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. There he talks about honoring the older men and the older women in the church. All people also includes your classmates and your bus drivers and your cafeteria workers and your school counselor and your school secretary and your sports teammates and game referees. It even includes the people that you're dating right now. It even includes your boyfriend or your, or your girlfriend. God wants you to honor those folks as well. And someone says, well, how exactly do I do that? How does honoring or how does it look to, to honor all people? Well, before I tell you what that looks like, let me first tell you what it doesn't look like. In the case of the elders of this church, in the case of the elders of any local church, honoring elders does not look like being rebellious and unsubmissive to their instructions. It doesn't look like gossiping about them to other members of the church and looking for sneaky little ways to diminish their influence. You don't honor the shepherds when, when we do that kind of stuff. Honoring all people doesn't involve being a bully. It doesn't involve mocking other people because of their physical appearance. It doesn't involve being rude. It doesn't involve displaying bad manners or talking down to or in a condescending way to other people. It doesn't involve getting ugly with the waiter at the restaurant because he messed up our order or shouting at a game referee or hanging up on the direct TV person because they overcharged us on our on our bill again. Showing respect and honor to all people doesn't involve any of that kind of stuff. Instead, what it involves is showing all people the fruits of the spirit. It involves showing all people kindness and self-control and love and joy and peace and patience. It involves being polite. It involves showing good manners. It involves understanding that my behavior, my actions, it affects other people. It involves saying things like please and thank you and excuse me and yes ma'am and yes sir. It involves opening up the door for somebody and complimenting someone and thanking someone for a service that they offer and listening to the wisdom given by an older and seasoned disciple in the faith. That's what it means to honor and show respect for all people. Treat people right. Treat people like you want to be treated, right? The Bible says we need to show respect for our parents and the government and for all people. But fourth and most importantly, the Bible especially emphasizes how we need to show honor and respect for God. We need to show honor and respect for our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Are you still in 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter 2 and verse 17? The Bible says, honor all people, love the brotherhood. Fear God. Have reverence 
for God, and then it says, honor the king. Paul puts it this way when you go to 1 Timothy 2 and verse 17, he says, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be what? Honor. The honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Notice how because God is who he is. Because he's the creator, because he's the sustainer, because he is the redeemer, he expects us to honor him. He expects us to respect him. He expects us to hold him in high esteem. That's what God expects, not just for the young people who are here this morning, but that's what God expects from everybody. That's what God expects from me, and that's what God expects from you. The question is, how do we do that? How do we show respect for God? How do we show honor towards God at high levels? Well, the first and most obvious way that we show honor and respect for God is by obeying him, right? It's by doing what he says. It's about being diligent students of his word and making sure that we always just submit to his instructions. We always just do what he says because he has the right to tell us what to do. Honoring God also involves having reverence for him in the worship assembly. It involves coming here with the right attitude and making sure that we worship him, not just in any way that we desire, but in accordance to the pattern that's been given to us in the New Testament. Honoring, showing respect for God also involves abstaining from sexual immorality. It involves making sure that we use our bodies. For the glory of God, it also involves never using the Lord's name in vain, whether it's verbally or on our social media pages. It also involves dressing in such a way that backs up our claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. It also involves showing honor and respect for all these people that, that we've talked about so far this morning. Let me tell you something. If you don't take anything else away from this lesson, I want you to take this with you. None of us, young people, None of us can know how to show proper respect for God if we don't first know how to show proper respect for the people God tells us to respect. We'll never be able to honor God properly if we don't first know how to honor our parents properly. We'll never be able to respect God properly if we don't know how to honor our government and our brothers and sisters in Christ and even those that we know in the world properly. God is the one who has told us to show respect for these different kinds of people. And when we don't do that, we dishonor God. We rebel against God. We show him absolutely no respect. And so it all connects. Do you see that? It all connects. In the Bible, respect is a big deal. Honor is a big deal. And I just hope and pray that this lesson is a reminder to us of that, not just for our young people, but every single person. We all need to be reminded of this from time to time. God says, respect your parents. Respect your government. Respect all people. And most importantly, make sure you respect him. In fact, as we get ready to close our lesson this morning, I just want to close by asking you, are you doing that? Are you respecting God? Are you honoring God? Are you honoring him ultimately by submitting to his word and just doing your best to obey his instructions every single day? If you're not doing that this morning and you want to begin that journey, then we want to help you with that. 
whether it means responding to the gospel for the first time through faith and repentance and baptism, or if it means coming back to him and asking for his forgiveness because you know you're a Christian, but you haven't been honoring him by living in obedient in your daily life. If there's someone here this morning who needs to rededicate themselves to God or come to God for the first time, let us help you with that right here and right now. Let's stand. Let's sing together.